So I think one of the biggest challenges that women are always going to face is the just underrepresentation of women in a lot of careers, as well as what comes with that, whether it's uh, implicit bias, discrimination, or just your own lack of self-confidence. I've dealt with every one of those things, plus more. Welcome to the Dream Mentorship Podcast, where we interview everyday women making a difference in their lives and communities. From doctors to stay-at-home mamas, CEOs who work hard with no drama, this is where you come to dream and be inspired. Because at Dream Mentorship, we believe that every dream is valid. Here's our host and founder, Mac Jane Creighton. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dream Mentorship Podcast. I am, of course, your girl, Mac Jane Creighton, and today we have someone super interesting. So if you have a young one or somebody you know who is interested in biomedical sciences and all things science and STEM, this is definitely a podcast that you want to share with them. Come on, turn up the volume where you are and let's get started. So our guest today is Dr. Latasia Jones. She um, graduated from Virginia State University with her bachelor's in science and master's in science. And then, of course, she went on to become the first African-American to earn her PhD from the Department of Biomedical Sciences at Florida State University. There's so many fun stuff about her. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, she started a YouTube show called Kitchen Science, where she teaches science through experiments that you can do from home with common household items. So you see where I mean? But if you have someone that is interested in science experiments that are safe at home, then this is a podcast for you. Um, she also created an initiative called Stemming Why Black, which provides guidance from a panel of Blacks in science, technology, engineering, and math. For me, <laughs> one of my favorite parts also, being that I love everything that has to do with mentoring, is that Dr. Jones believes that if young girls, especially um, girls of color, see her working in a lab or read about her achievements, they will believe in their own ability to be anything they dream of becoming and more. And that's exactly where I want to start this story today, because we believe absolutely that every single dream is valid. And she is a true definition of that to say, hey, you can be whatever you want to be. With that in mind, would you join me and welcome Dr. Jones to this podcast today? Welcome to the show, Dr. Jones. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. So we are going to start from, you know, <laughs> you, your belief. How did you come about that? You have so much accomplishments. Can you tell us a little bit about your growing up? How did you come to this point and say, you know what, I can be whatever I want to be? Absolutely. So uh, the unfortunate thing is I didn't grow up with a lot of role models in STEM, especially not role models that look like myself, right? So a lot of times it was because of lack of resources or I don't know if it was even a plan in a lot of different places and schools that I've been in. So that's a lot of what motivates me now is providing that visibility, providing that representation, and even myself serving as a role model to make sure that young girls can see themselves in a career like neuroscience or being a scientist or even anything and everything that I do now, owning businesses, a STEM consulting business, volunteering within the local community with other kids and so on. 
So that's a lot of what motivates me is the fact that I lacked that, you know, visibility, that representation, that role model when I was growing up. And fortunate for me, I was able to make it past a lot of those barriers. I always start off with the story of how I was in middle school and I was talking too much in my science class. And my mom took me off the basketball team to refocus on doing better within that class. And it, it allowed me to understand and, and realize and discover my excitement for science. So without that situation, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have known that I even was interested in science. So that was one pivotal moment that kind of kickstarted my journey towards wanting to know more in reference to science and anything and everything STEM. When I started college, I actually wanted to be an obstetrician gynecologist because, you know, growing up, the two things that my family told me would be the most successful careers was to be a lawyer or to be a doctor. So <laughs> I followed the doctor route, definitely followed the doctor route. But what a lot of families don't teach that much is doctor also includes a PhD, not just right. an MD. So, you know, there's all these other um, avenues. You could be a dentist. You know, there's so, so many other ways that you could impact people's lives. And even just the scientist portion is so important for me to put out there that it's understanding your personality as well in order to understand where you want to be. So when I started my freshman year, I was going to I was on pre-med track. I saw a flyer on the wall for that was advertising the internship at the College of William and Mary to work with a microscopic worm called C. elegans, where we were looking at um, the cell cycle to understand how cells cycles could be interrupted and eventually form cancers and tumors. And I, I kept trying to apply for this internship over and over and over. And they kept telling me, you're too young, you're a freshman, we're only looking for juniors and seniors. I love telling the story because I like to let the youth know, I didn't give up. I kept going to this office every week to see if anybody else applied. Because sometimes you just happen to luck out, right? Going to the office over and over, asking about the internship, seeing if anybody else applied. And when it came really close to the deadline, the advisor at the time that was in charge of that internship posting gave in and found a way to put me into the position. So that kickstarted my interest in being in a lab. I, I started off that summer of my freshman year with my first research experience. That's why I have over 13 years of research and I'm only 32. That's something that a lot of people don't get as well, starting that early. I was persistent and I kept you know, asking questions. I kept looking into this posting and I finally was able to get in. And was, this was my first time being in a lab, period. And then I, it was my first time being in a lab that was owned by a woman. So that showed a lot in itself. It was like, oh my gosh, we could do things like this, right? And then my sophomore year came, I was in a lab for a class. The lady that taught that class and owned that lab is an African-American woman that owns that lab. So that was my first time meeting an African-American female that owns her own lab. So all these things just led me into saying, okay, now I have these models and these examples of what I can be. And even though it came later on, it kind of solidified the experience was fun, of course. I loved what I was doing, but it solidified the actions towards me wanting to be a scientist now. And it completely changed my trajectory in my career from then on. But it goes back to me saying that I wish examples like these were provided earlier. And that's why I'm motivated to provide these earliest. Because what if I decided to never mm. go to college? What if I decided to go to the military or something instead? You know, that was the kickstart of Dr. Jones' life and how that 
kind of yeah, was I have so many questions in that story, <laughs> but <laughs> I want to kind of pick it up on like what you're saying about, um, you know, a kid not knowing that they're actually really good in science. Like we do have a three year old um, and we watch her. She's super interested in numbers and she creates her own experiments. And I'm not a science person. My husband is not. So sometimes we are right. we see it in her and we are like, oh, this is interesting. And, you know, she'll come up and do stuff and say, hey, mm-hmm. mommy, let's see what I did. And it's always so interesting. Right. So we now we know that, you know, we actually talked about getting her involved in STEM related things, even though she's super young. For some parents, they may not be able to pick that out quickly in their in their young ones or in their kids. How right. in your experience, because you've served over 10,000 youth annually, how do you see right. a young person and say, hey, you'll be great in STEM or, you know, tell talk to your parents and say, hey, I, I believe your child would be really good in STEM, especially when it's a girl. Right. Absolutely. So there's so many different parts to that. Right. The first thing is exposing them to STEM itself. So it's just letting them see ways to kind of put your hands in STEM, to learn STEM, whether it's a fun experiment that you could do at home to watching something fun blow up on TV or so on. And then also exposing them to, you know, individuals that are in STEM that look like them so they can see it as like an attainable goal. This is, this is where I belong because obviously that person's there. They look like me in a grown up phase. So most likely I could be there. Uh, And then for those kids who cannot actually draw that connection on their own, it's assisting them in drawing those connections, right? So I've, I've been in many different outreach programs and mentored so many kids that say, I don't like science or I don't like math or something. And then I'll say, well, what do you like? And they'll say football. And I say, okay, well, that's easy. Well, you're already a mathematician and a scientist if you think about it, because if you have to kick the ball, you're kicking at a certain angle in order to get it at the field goal. If you're throwing it, you have to throw it at a, diff- a certain velocity in order for you to have a complete pass. If you're catching it or if you're running, you have to run at a certain speed and all those things you're calculating as a football player. You're just not realizing you're calculating those things. Really, you're one of the greatest experts in STEM already if you love football. So it's, it's a matter of connecting those things and letting them understand that what you're doing already involves those principles. You just didn't completely say this is the title to it, but you're really doing it already. Right now we have my collaborator and I, we, we started a nonprofit called Changing Faces in STEM. And we have a program called Stemming in the Kitchen, where we're teaching kids how to cook nutritious meals and having their parents there to help them and assist them in cooking these meals. They're also learning how to have like little routines and exercise routines like dancing and so on put into their lives. So we had like a hip hop dancing session. Last week we had them cook uh, oven baked chicken wedges <laughs> and some vegetables. This week they're doing vegan brownies and like smoothies and stuff. You know, a lot of great things to learn the healthy ways of living when it comes to your diet and your activity, but we're also instilling the STEM in it. Where's the STEM at? Where we're also exposing them to the careers in STEM, like USDA and even just cooking and how much of each ingredient you're putting in what takes a little bit of math and it takes a little bit of understanding. So all of those things still capture STEM in it, regardless of what you're doing. It's just a lot of times we make STEM seem like it's so far away from our everyday routines and it's not. So I, I think all of those things combined would definitely assist in piquing the interest mm-hmm. of the youth. <laughs> Unfortunately, they do a lot of, I've, I've ran across a lot of kids that are like, no, it's not for me. 
But by the end of the talk of the session, they're like, okay, I, I can see where I'm already doing it, at least. If they can already see themselves doing it and what they're already doing, that at least starts them on the yeah. journey. Wow. <laughs> uh, I think I wish I, I had this conversation when I was younger. Someone had talked to me <laughs> this way. <laughs> yeah, you. this is really, really amazing to hear the perspective that you share. And, you know, not because I think a lot of people just think, oh, I hate math. So I can be good in science. Right. So it's, it's interesting that you mm -hmm. brought, especially the football example. I love that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what is your favorite household science experiment that you've done on your YouTube channel? This is actually one of the questions that a lot of people ask. So I really like the elephant's toothpaste experiment, especially when I do it using laboratory chemicals and stuff, because I love things blowing up. <laughs> because in the mess, you learn so many different principles. I like the calm experiments too, but I love seeing the kids' faces when I do the ones that like foam comes out of nowhere and it's all over the place. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> like you did that. Only did you do that, but you did it in your uh -huh. kitchen. That's the amazing part to me is seeing the excitement on the kids' faces. And out of all the experiments, I think they're more amazed with that one, mostly because at the end of the day, Dr. Tay now has to clean up. So <laughs> I, I love I love that experiment. We have a lot more coming up. I'm planning to do some rockets and stuff up there. So it'll probably be topped off by a new experiment coming up soon. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Tell our listeners where they can find you on YouTube. Absolutely. So I am Hey Dr. Tay on everything, um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I also have a webpage, it's heydrtay.com, and it's H-E-Y-D-R-T-A-Y on YouTube. I'm Hey Dr. Tay as well. And the show with the experiments, because I have a lot of different initiatives going on, so they're all, uh, they're all posted on YouTube. But if you specifically look for uh, Kitchen Science, that's the show with the experiments. And the benefit of that show in particular, I started it when the pandemic hit. And it was to encourage school systems and parents to have like a way of teaching their kids STEM while staying safe at home and, you know, using the ingredients and stuff that they could find in their kitchen or in their house without having to go out, you know, and spend more money on stuff where we didn't know what we were doing at the beginning of the pandemic. So I was trying to find a means of not adding on to the expense of, you know, the ordeal, but also keeping us safe and inside the house and that's where kitchen science basically came out of it. It evolved out of that idea. And I essentially started that mostly because of the pandemic, but also because I started a program at a hospital in DC called Children's National Hospital. And the program was called Young Scientist Wednesdays. And every Wednesday I was teaching a STEM related activity to patients there. And the patients there have cancer and blood disorders on the, the wing that I was working on. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic, they were very precautious about people coming in and out and, be, and interacting with the patients. So they, they shut down the room and they shut down the collaboration for a little while until things got safer and still not even open. So I was like, well, how am I going to get these activities to the kids, even though, you know, I can't be in a hospital? And that's one of the reasons why it evolved, the pandemic itself, helping out schools, helping out parents but also trying to still keep that program going on, even though I can't go into the hospital. Mm. Wow. I'm glad that you brought that up because I was going to um, talk about it and shift girls a little bit and talk about your um, position at the Children's Hospital in D.C. Yeah. with your mission to understand um, neurological disorders that affect children, uh, especially in regards to your research in autism. Can you talk about that a little? Absolutely. So my training in all of my academic history is in molecular biology, biomedical sciences, and neuroscience. 
And I started my position as a postdoctoral fellow, still working in a lab at Children's National Hospital in 2017. My mission was to understand more of the underlying neurological diseases that affect kids. I started that for my PhD dissertation, where I was looking at a disease called dystonia, which leaves kids impaired and unable to like walk and run and you know, play sports or anything because their muscles were constantly having these debilitating, painful contractions. And it was twisting their limbs, even when they were trying to sleep. So that's where I started with my project. And I I fell in love with the idea of being able to help kids, even though I'm behind a lab bench, right? Or at a lab bench, instead of having to be in the hospital room with them, I'm still creating a difference whether it's from the research that I'm doing, the publications that I'm creating and so on. But I did decide to leave the lab bench. Um, so the story, of course, continues. <laughs> I decided to leave the lab bench in March of last year. So now I work with the American Society for Microbiology and I'm working in ethics, which is something that we don't often hear a lot about. But I truly enjoy it because I essentially make sure that the publications that you all read from home that scientists are creating has no plagiarism in it, no data manipulation, that what you're reading is actual and factual. So I moved to this company as soon as the pandemic happened. They have one of the major journals that accepts COVID-19 research. So I was automatically seeing the impact of my work as soon as I started working. Wow. That's right. <laughs> that's amazing. You have been started on CBS as a Mission Unstoppable. You've been on several radio stations and a statue mm-hmm. honoring Dr. Jones will soon be unveiled at a park in Dallas as a tribute to female STEM leaders. That is wow. Like that is super, super cool. <laughs> and in your career and your journey to where you are now is so amazing and to see how young and doing all these amazing things. What were some of the challenges that you faced to get to this point that you are right now? So I think one of the biggest challenges that women are always going to face is the just underrepresentation of women in a lot of careers, as well as what comes with that, whether it's uh, implicit bias, discrimination, or just your own lack of self-confidence. I've dealt with every one of those things, plus more, unfortunately, uh, especially being a woman of color. So with those things came, you know, my time to rebuild, refocus and build up my confidence in myself and understand that I am meant to be here. I've been even after the doctorate, I've been confused as a custodial staff. I've been questioned as to why I was in certain places. I've been yelled at um, because of my because of a hierarchy that somebody made up in their mind as far as my position being underneath hers. Um, and uh, a lot of these things started, you know, academic days all the way to now. So unfortunately, it's still something that's still going on. I, I can still go to a conference and there'll be like 10,000 people that attend the conference. And I can literally count maybe five people there that are black and then not even half of them being women. So, you know, you're going to constantly get hit by these things at every angle until big changes start to take way. And I am glad to say that, you know, I I like to do a lot of these initiatives, be a part of these initiatives and even start my own initiatives. And the ones that you just mentioned are a part of the AAAS If Then Ambassadorship, uh, where Lida Hill Philanthropies basically picked 125 women in STEM to become mentors to the world, essentially. 
And that's why I'm receiving a statue because there's going to be a exhibit of nothing but 125 women in STEM, all full figure statues showing young girls. You could do these things. You could you could be a neuroscientist. I met a shark scientist. I met a lot of atmosphere uh, virologists, um, tech people. Like I've met people, women from any realm of STEM that you could think of, and they're all going to be represented with a full figure statue. And they're all a lot of a lot of them are doing the same initiatives I've done, whether it's the Mission Unstoppable show on CBS or the radio stations, writing articles. They are they started their own initiatives as well as you know the ones that I've started. So these are the things that we're trying to implement in order for girls to see us and say, hey, we're interested in this. Remember, I I keep bringing up that whole changing, allowing the girls to have a role model, allowing them to have visibility and representation. Lida Hill Philanthropy is doing that 125 times better. (laughs) So that's a lot of the things that come out of this. Absolutely. That's super impressive. I had good bones when you were telling that part of having a full stature in the park. That's super, super cool. I think more girls should hear this. And picking up that as a mentoring company, we hear a lot of young women say, well, I don't think I can fit in or, you know, I'm from from such and such Mm -hmm. background or my parents are poor or I've never been in a big city. So how would I fit in? what would you tell that young woman listening right now who is like okay I want to be a doctor or I want to be a scientist or whatever career they choose but then they're afraid to step into the spotlight right so I I went through the same feelings all throughout life and I don't think it was until I graduated first African-American to earn my PhD department of biomedical sciences at Florida State University And I bring that up to say, if I would have allowed any of those challenges to deter me or to turn me away from going to Florida State, then I would have never reached that victory. I would have never achieved that goal that doesn't just help me, but it helps so many other people who are considering being first, whether it's the first in their family or the first African-American or first woman. Or So my advice would be don't give up on yourself. If you are fully motivated to go towards a certain direction because you're excited about it, because you're interested in it, because you do well in it, then do that. Because at the end of the day, you don't know what your story is going to be. You don't know what your purpose is going to be. And if you give up on yourself, you'll never find out. And I'm glad that I didn't give up on myself because then I found out later on my purpose was bigger than, you know, that nervousness that I had when I was looking at that internship paper on the wall or whether or not I should give up on that and, you know, just continue towards pre-med. My purpose was bigger than seeing only five people out of 10,000 people at a conference that looked like me. My purpose was eventually to try to change all of those things as much as I could, whether it's through youth, university level students, or even grown adults who are in, in their careers. So now realizing that thing, if I would have given up, I would not have known that now. Mm. Wow. Wow. For the first time in in podcasting, I think I went speechless right there. So (laughs) that is so encouraging and inspiring. Thank you so much, Dr. Jones, for joining our podcast. This is a podcast that I think I'm going to 
replay personally and just listen um, because you share some words of wisdom and encouragement there. And I want to encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast to please share this with a friend or a young woman, a youth in your community that this would absolutely bless. This has been so inspiring and encouraging. Thank you so much, Dr. Jones, uh, for sharing your story with us. No problem. Thank you for the invite. Yeah. And that's it, people. I want to keep going. This is really, really good, but we have to come to an mm-hmm. end. So if you would do us a favor and share this, this would be great. And if you are listening to this podcast, you're a young woman between 20 and 34, and you are considering a career or you're just unsure about your purpose and you're trying to figure out what's next. You have all these different questions in your head, like, okay, this is great that, you know, Dr. Jones knows what she wants to do. I don't know what I want to do. I want to send a special invitation to you to be a part of the Dream Mentorship community. We have a membership program that is targeted towards that um, to provide that clarity and confidence that women need to pursue their dreams, whatever that is. So I want to invite you to just find us, connect with us. And if you're still unsure if our membership program is right for you, you can book a virtual interest meeting with us. We get to answer every question you have regarding our program. And we have people in line who are super excited already to be a part of your life, to mentor you, to answer those questions you have about career, about life, about decisions, purpose. Don't think about it. Head on to our website, dreammentorship.org and register or sign up for our summer program, okay? Uh, We look forward to connecting with you. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at info at dreammentorship.org. Someone would definitely reach back out to you. And that's it, people. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you can support us in any way, uh, whether that's through donations, through becoming a mentor or resource advocate, volunteering in any capacity, we would love that. And if you can share about our program with people that you know, that would go a long way in helping us reach our goal to empower, educate, mentor 2021 women this year. And we can do it together, which you backing us up because we believe that every dream is absolutely valid. Thank you all for listening to our podcast today. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more about what Dream Mentorship has to offer, follow us on Instagram at Dream Mentorship or visit our website, dreammentorship.org. This podcast was edited by Ruby Liebeshack. Live your authentic dream because every dream is valid.